everyone, and welcome to These Are the Voyages, a Star Wars podcast. Yes, today we are going to talk about the new show, Star Wars Prodigy, with episode 16, Preludes. Wait a minute. Does that sound right? <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea if we are watching a Star Trek or a Star Wars uh, program at this point. I'm coming in like guns blazing, apparently like shots fired on that. Yeah. I mean, we, we've sort of been talking about this a little bit, dancing around it, sometimes going directly into it, but I think we've all collectively said this at one point, at least in what the past, maybe four ish episodes that this is starting to feel a little bit like, man, we just had this, this epic run months mm-hmm. ago and we were so pumped and given tens and all this stuff and then all of a sudden it's like is this the first part of the season or did we almost make a show that was too smart for its own audience that they're trying to market it to and now we're dumbing it down that's a great question that's the way I felt about the I, well, oh wait uh, uh, spoilers red 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 alert boing, boing, boing. red alarm red alarm <laughs> oh, man. next week on these are the <laughs> oh oh Lord have mercy uh, so I want I want to ask you about like how um, the last few days have been for you um, here in a second but um, I don't know if if you've um, if you saw like um, one of the posts that I made on um, the TRTV pod Twitter account for this episode without context. Have you have you seen that tweet? I don't think so. No. Okay, so I made this graphic after watching um, the episode, right? And you you know like you know like the the gist about like episodes without context, like where they like find like random pictures and stuff. Yeah. So I did that. I did that for this this um, episode, and I'd like to share it with you, and um, you know, others that are, you know, excellent watching. Let's see if I can find it for a second. Okay, we're not. So we're not. We're not. Not going to cooperate. Okay, let's let's try something else. All right. Well, while well, you're cooperating, I have to get out the the old joke. So I have supplanted Eric once again. Yeah. Commander Eric. I may or may not have put him in the shuttle with the mashed potatoes and bourbon. He might be back. We just don't know. End scene. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. Why won't this... Why won't you show up? Hold on, let me see if I can do something else. Let's just... Let's try this. See if this works. Please work. I really really want this to work so bad. (laughs) Oh, come on. I believe in you. I believe. Technological issues, folks. Grab the engineers. Here we go. 
Here we go. You see that? <laughs> uh, I made a I made a judo chop joke. I I enjoy the judo chop. <laughs> mm. Mm. So for those of you that can't see this, first off, you can go to the um, our, our Twitter account um, at TRTV Pod, and you can see this. Um, if you're watching the video version of this, uh, we have. Uh, Fix-It Felix Jr. from Wreck-It Ralph. We have some Jawas carrying R2-D2. Uh, we have the Mandalorian um, holding the Darksaber. Uh, we have Thor versus Hulk in Ragnarok. And um, Austin Powers using his famous Judo Chop. Yeah, baby! <laughs> mm. Oh. Oh my gosh. So... There we go. There we go. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> it, it's true, though. I I think it's true. But more on that later. How have, how have things been since uh, our last little romp around the cosmos, my dude? Yeah, I was about to say when when did we record last? Um, it would would have been uh, what was that? Sunday night? No, that was Monday, uh, Monday the 28th. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. What has been going on this week? Well, I, I've been off all, all week. I'm off until Monday. So still have a few days left. Uh, I have not been particularly idle. A <laughs> huh. uh, lot of fix-it stuff around the house. Um, you know, that sort of stuff uh you know christmas shopping it's so fun it's so fun <laughs> christmas shop uh uh yeah i mean fun stuff we we did um we did go down to an international market that we just happened to spot a uh, week before we did a uh, one of the three Thanksgivings was a non-traditional and I made tamales and, and so forth. So I wanted to go find corn husks and we went to a Mexican market, which is very popular in the area. It's always busy every time I've seen it and they have a lot of really cool stuff. But on our way to that, we saw international market and I was like, hmm. oh, we'll have to come back to that. So we did and it was awesome uh huge it, f fantastic stuff so we uh, we bought a ton of ton of junk <laughs> just 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 to try uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun but um but yeah i mean it's just it's kind of been an average average week uh yeah just trying to trying to enjoy myself and eventually you know i'll really the only big thing that I still need to get to is a chiropractor because boy do I think I have a pinch nerve <laughs> oh no no <laughs> no I you're, you're hearing some old man noises sometimes when I'm going to get up because it's just my hip oh, oh my hip <laughs> so either I either I broke my gluteus maximus uh 
fractured my hip or just have a pinched nerve somewhere that's just affected everything, which is more than likely the cause. So, Dang. yeah, a lot Joys of, of aging. Joys of aging. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, um, speaking of noises and injuries and things of that nature, um, earlier this week, um, I was I was working and my my uh, my dad usually will pick up the kids from daycare and you know get to have some some uh, granddad time with with the kiddos uh, most days which you know we want we want the grandparents to have as as much relationship as possible with our kids oh, yeah. so um, anyway he calls me or at first he texts me um, and I can't answer because I'm in the middle of something um, but then I call him back and he's like. Son, I don't know how. I have no idea how it happened, but um, but your boy, he he got his hand stuck in like the um, was it like the like the recess of like where like the seatbelt is. <laughs> okay. Up, uh, in his truck, yeah. so it was stuck and he couldn't get it out, and like it ended up just like really hurting his thumb. So like uh. I had to like get like a band aid and like put it on on my son's uh, thumb. And um, it's like, so I don't know if it's broken or what, but he was like, he was crying and screaming so much. I'm like, okay, well, just bring him over. It's fine. Just head my head my way. It's fine. So my wife's been in the office all week. Like this was the 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 week, um, like where they they're still doing like three days, like uh, in a week, like once a month. The rest of the time, it's all remote. So I'm like, I gotta do dinner so I'm like hey can you like stay a few minutes while I get dinner prepared also no big deal so knowing that my timetable has moved up now to prep dinner instead of like an hour or an hour and a half later like I intended um, I start getting stuff we're gonna make chicken noodle soup so of course you gotta have like your chicken it's kind of a major ingredient um, we usually do like um, like celery and carrots with it um so i start getting the veggies out and i cut it and i usually cut really fast um and i'm wearing gloves and everything and i ended up slicing the fooey out of my my left thumb oh god and um so yeah i was like Gah! and uh yeah I, I i didn't notice like but like there was like some blood that was like all over the place and it was great it was it was great and like at first i'm like this isn't gonna stop bleeding is it and then it finally did i'm like thank god i didn't have to like get stitches or whatever but like it cut like it was pretty bad and it cut the nail yeah so anyway that's that's been part of my adventure this week is having like a gimpy left thumb I only ever cut my finger once in the years that I, I cooked for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just nipped off the top of my thumb. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the other guys, as I was going to go bandage it, cleaned everything up and started trying to do what I was doing. Same exact thing. Mm. Literally the exact same thing. Mm. So we're both back there just, you know, trying to put bandages on. Oh. <laughs> it was terrible man 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 so yeah that's that was that and 
my, my wife gets home and she's like, I somehow knew this was going to happen. You know, like, you know, you're, you're preparing the vegetables for the soup yeah. and like, you just, you know, she's like, it wouldn't it be kind of funny if you cut your finger and you cut your finger. So, Woman. Like, fun. Thanks. It's hilarious, isn't it? I don't need it. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> you take it back. <laughs> so she, uh, uh, she ended up saying like that, uh, my son and I are, are boo-boo buddies. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So we have matching injuries, so to speak. So. Anyway, that's that's been the extent of it. Um, so yeah, just wrapping up the semester and um, yeah, so that's all I got to say about that. Very good. Well, we've had enough preamble, right? And ramble, ramble preamble. No, no, we need more. We still no. have like another five, six, seven minutes to fill. I just like saying no. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we're good to move on. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's let's talk Trek. Um, all right, everyone. This is your red alert as we go into spoilerific territory and we talk about Star Trek: Prodigy, Season One, Episode Sixteen, Preludes. Oh, okay. So, otherwise known as the episode that was written by everyone. Yeah. Did you did you see that? Like, you almost needed like another screen with like all the writing credits for this story. Yeah, and uh, what you got was a a filler episode. Filler. Filler. What do they call, what do they call those? Uh, like you know, in a lot of sitcoms, you'd get the clip show. It did. Like, I was seriously thinking clip show for this. Uh, it, it's like one of those. It, it wasn't quite as bad as like the remembrance clip shows that used to go on in sitcom television. Yeah. You remember the time? <laughs> yeah. So it was just like a payday for for the actors. Yeah. This was. Um, this was odd and I, and I started kind of thinking back to some of the conversations we had about discovery when each week there for a while we were learning a new thing about one of the crew to make them more relatable and and it it felt weird to see this show that we had already just started to really love and now we're episode 16 and we're doing we're doing backstories that we couldn't have picked up along the way. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, quick, explain all your backstories as they're working on stuff because we don't want to do anything new this week. It's like, what? What? Yeah, like, why did it take, like, what, the, the fifth, sixth episode of the back half of the first season? <laughs> yeah. To, to shove in, you know, three characters worth of origin story? Yeah, too little, too late, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and well, the thing is, we already care about the characters, so that's the big thing for me. We already yeah. care about them. We don't need to care. We can't care anymore, you know. 
my carer is on overdrive right now. Like, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, we, we already care about the characters. Yep. We care about their, well, their well-being. We want to see them do well. We just want to kind of move forward with the story or a story. But So, yeah, it was it was a little strange. Yeah, like in, in a way, um, oh my gosh, I can't, it's, it's discovery. So don't hold it against me. I can't remember the episode name, but y- you know, when we got to, um, what was that? Uh, season three where we had Jim Brass show up in a snowy field as the, um, <clears throat> the guardian of forever. Right. Oh yeah. Right. 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 And it was like, e-break in the middle of the season type of thing it almost had like that kind of fit feel it was like a little jarring like yes. yeah i know we had to like fix the proto star but like it was just i don't know it was clip show mixed with like e-break yeah. as far as i was concerned yeah agreed um yeah that's all you gotta say just that's it yeah. That's it. Shall we move on to the evaluation of the episode? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can talk a little bit about this. So we we're still in the neutral zone, right? So we've been dealing with, with this like neutral zone kind of thing for like an episode and a half now. Yeah. Um, where we were, you know, originally chased by Janeway and company um, in the Dauntless and they like they um, disabled the, the, the proto, the proto drive. Um, so they can't zip out of there and, and whatnot. Um, but they're also behind enemy lines, so to speak. And, um, Janeway's not going to go in there. And we saw everything that happened, like with going and dealing with like our mad scientist and like the genetic stuff and like getting parts and we have the parts to fix the ship and that's kind of where we're at now and Dal dealing with like the news um, that's been dropped that he's an augment and still reeling from that which is justifiable in, in the grand scheme of things it's it's a pretty big deal to like finally know your origins and to not be too keen on what your origins are like that's yeah. that's fine that's fine um so yeah, he's like welding. He's doing something um, at the beginning of the episode, trying to repair the ship, um, and everyone else is like wandering around doing the same thing too, working on different tasks. And ultimately, it leads to like, hey, why don't you tell me your story? You know, like so you can help me get out of my pity party. Basically. Yes, story time. Just, just slight backup. We did start with Janeway. She was chilling in her pad, listening to some, some chopping, as I like to call them. Good old chopping. Chopin. But that whole part was just felt like a setup to the clip show, <clears throat> because now Janeway has their names because they found a bounty that was put out. Uh, on on all the uh, characters, so they have names, and she's like wondering who they are. And and a, a carry over from last week, I do appreciate that we're not doing the witch hunt sort of thing. Janeway is clearly portrayed as a smart character. He's like, 
who are these kids? Like, they got away from the Tao Shiar. They got away from us. Like, you know, they don't seem like, you know, like bad guys. So they're not out. She's not out for blood, which Mm -hmm. is nice. Nice Mm -hmm. to see. But that whole thing just, it was just a, a setup. It's like just a setup for clip show. They didn't really, they didn't really do any advance with her. And then just another thing, when they were showing Dow welding or you know, doing whatever, doing whatever he was doing, you know, working on his, working on his Ford F one fifty in the snow. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> so Dow does have some technical knowledge, right? Like he has worked on things on the ship previously uh, during our time uh what what was the damp sine wave curve damp thing? sine curve yeah no eric feel feel sad uh but during that episode like he he didn't he wasn't able to finish his task but he advanced it like they all did so they all have some sort of like engineering knowledge and it kind of felt like we were brushing that off it's not my job it's like but you've done it before. Like, mm-hmm. Is it is it just attitude, or are they almost like diminishing what what he can do? I, I just felt a little weird about that because I mean it was small, but it was just just odd. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. You know, I've I guess you know like the star uh, ended up being like rock talk in in that episode that we just rave about oh yeah Um, but yeah i mean like they all did do the thing like they all took turns like working on uh what was it the is it a warp matrix is that what it was that sounds right yeah something like that eric's yelling at us right now it's fine or or talking sternly or matter of factly since he doesn't like it when we say that we're yelling he's yelling at us so we love you bud <laughs> get better soon <laughs> eat that chicken noodle soup he'll feel right at the rain real quick um i have no idea where i was going with that anyways yes um all the the brains the intelligence the wisdom of janeway does not like fall out of her head thankfully yeah um, she is like turning a corner for sure from like the Janeway that we met um, in the, the final episode, like in, in uh, Moral Star Part 2 uh, to now. And uh, we're also in a way starting to get more and more of the Diviner back that we knew in Part 1 of, right. of that season. Which I'm still concerned about. It, you know, everything that we have ever been told about the Medusans says that you don't come back from this. I, I still don't know if I like that. If I'm being honest with you. Somehow he is? Yeah. Just through sheer force of will, I guess. In a clip show of his own. There we go. <laughs> I remember everything, my progeny. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so meanwhile, back at the ranch, we're uh, we're meanwhile. gonna go. 
we're gonna go go sit around the campfire. We're gonna share some some stories. And uh, first up is um, Thor Ragnarok. Look, I just want to say I did. It felt so lame. I don't know. I don't know what I was. I I was trying so hard to like be into it. I was like, I don't care. It's like the first time I've not cared about backstory. I, I just it's weird because the show seems so well developed that I didn't need it. Yeah. Right. Sorry, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So where the MCU has entered Star Trek in earnest at this point, <laughs> uh, down to the same um, color scheme for our Thor with um, some black and red uh, paint, right? Uh, all we were missing was like a little mohawky kind of Spartan kind of headpiece or whatever, Roman headpiece, whatever for um, for Rock Top. So yeah, there's like this like gladiator Coliseum kind of vibe. Like come watch the monster, come watch the monster get defeated every Thursday night, 6 p.m. on UPN. No, 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 hold on, you gotta do it right. Sunday, 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 down at the Coliseum. Come see the monster be slayed by the brave knight. <laughs> That's Claim it right 10% there. off popcorn using code ROCKTALK. <laughs> I did kind of find it funny that, like, in this universe, because uh, it's very clearly a play, it's not like a serious gladiatory gladiatory i can't even say it it's not a, yeah there we go <laughs> words uh but it, it's it's not like a serious thing it's very clearly a show i mean rock talk has a banner the night guy has like a banner it's a it's choreographed show and people pay for this over and over and over again mm -hmm. that's interesting but rock talk being a child somehow it's not connecting for her so like she's taking it very personally that she's being the loser and it really like sets in you know like with like the whole autograph session and having a cation coming up and getting an autograph from our hero but then like rock talk just looks at her and yeah well she had also mentioned that they didn't have a language between them either which was interesting mm-hmm Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, like, let's think about that for a second too. Like, not the language part, but like the, like the character. Like how even like in real life, like how difficult it is for people to separate the actor and the character. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like oh my goodness, uh, who was Imelda Staunton, who um, played Dolores Umbridge <sighs> in um, in yeah. um, the Harry Potter series, right? Yeah. Like people like can't like hated her way more than Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, she played uh, she played that character perhaps a little too well, perhaps. Um, but then like you know she goes on and she like does like these other roles like on Broadway or the West End or whatever. Um, I think recently she portrayed uh, Queen Elizabeth in uh, one of the more recent seasons of The Crown, for instance. So, I mean, she's not like some pink wearing evil, dark wizard, you know, like she's 
just an actor but when i guess like that also speaks to like acting chops too like if you do a really good job people are going to like really identify you as that character and think of you as one and the same which is basically what happened with rock talk yeah and i mean i guess it's good this is a cartoon for sure so i can't really hate somebody like somebody um but but to to be very brief i do find it really strange when people get that crazy about a character harry potter fandom is an interesting fandom uh almost an obsessive fandom uh, probably an unhealthy obsessive fandom uh i i remember when uh, the walking dead was big like first couple seasons i didn't like the show i still don't i watched two seasons and i i was just done with it but my favorite character was shane and i was like no no he's he's the bad guy yeah and he would also be the one in the real scenario that would survive <laughs> he, he would he would absolutely survive and all those soft people would living in an rv would be done but everybody hates him good actor and he's done some other other roles to kind of get past just being shane and even uh the guy who played negan later on uh, Je uh jeffrey dean morgan you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my so. wife knew um uh jeffrey dean morgan from uh gray's anatomy who played um oh yeah the tragic yeah. character of denny I, I i remember him from like he he was the the dad and on supernatural for a little bit i remember I, I think i watched the pilot of supernatural and that was about it some of it was good some of it was not so good but you know it is what it is with the yeah. show so anyway ended after like 15 years or something like that <laughs> or did it <laughs> but yeah so gladiator rock talk yeah just doing the thing until she decides to throw a tomato yep and um you know like they're they're goop eating uh i com i language conversation comes to a halt after that uh where he's like whatever and ultimately gets sold to become a slave and you know be at tars lamora it doesn't make any sense to me though so was this the decision of the in quotation ringmaster or the guy because like the whole thing is it's one show if you get back to the normal program i don't really see the problem so why i don't know um something occurred to me i don't know if you thought about this or not but if you remember um whenever they first get on the protostar um and they're like getting acquainted like with the systems and like the layout and everything like that i think it was um was it rock talk and zero or was it rock talk and um jankum i can't remember but they're in the mess hall um about to order they're ordering food right mm -hmm. and rock talk has no idea what to order and so she she orders the thing that I guess they served you at 
Tars Lamora. Yeah. So something just wasn't adding up. Like, if you remember being Hulk and Thor Ragnarok and eating that and perhaps enjoying it? Question mark. Why not order that? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Maybe she didn't know what it was called. Can I get red gloopy goop from planet gladiator planet? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, great story. Yep, great story. Thor Ragnarok. Moving on. <laughs> okay. So uh, now that, you know, we've left uh, the MCU, now we can just go over to just straight up Disney um, as we hear another story, this time from the pages of Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> So we have Jankum, who is a little hesitant to um, be a little forthcoming. What's up? What was it? Zero or was it Jankum first or second? I mean, uh, I could have swore it was Jankum. Well, I have I have it up, so I can tell you if I just go forward a little bit. That was zero. It was zero. Okay, fine. So in, we'll 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 pause on on um, Disney. Kind of. Um, we'll go to um, a galaxy far away, which is owned by Disney, as we look at Jawas. Yeah. So we have we have Zero, who is floating around with other Medusans, um, just exploring, just having a good old time. Somewhat um, irresponsible, though, isn't it? Problem. I mean, may- maybe they scanned the planet and didn't see life, even though there totally was. And if you show uh-huh. yourself to a space grasshopper, told Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, shouldn't that grasshopper have gone nuts? Yeah. Or exploded? <laughs> it doesn't work on everything. Come on. Stop nitpicking. <laughs> anyway. Hey, it's in, it's y'all, y'all even put it in the dang show. Come on now. Come on. Yeah. So yeah, they're just floating around having a good old time, just you know, playing kickball and tetherball and whatever they're doing. And uh, Zero gets their interest peaked just a, a wee bit and goes scurrying down the canyon and screaming, "This is pod racing!" type of thing, you know. Um, to later be cornered um, by some Jawas and to be put into a transport truck. Um, to end up on Tars Lamora. I mean, Lars Homestead. What? Yes. That that sound about right? That sounds about right. Hey, this one has a bad motivator. What are you trying to pull on me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, again, uh, getting captured and put in a box the typical medusin box because that's that's the box for all medusins i guess yeah yeah i didn't know though that the little um spock goggles um prevented you from going nuts sure (laughs) so they're like those like you know like those red visor things right 
um, like Spock and mainly Spock that I remember, uh, and there might have been some others that wore in the original series. I had no idea that those were Medusan repellent goggle glasses things. That sounds right, right? Of course. Let's Science. go with it. Science. So capture. That was a pretty quick story. So now you can go on to Jankum. Okay, now we can talk about Wreck It Ralph and yes. Fix Felix Jr. Okay. Please. So yeah. Um oh one thing I forgot to mention about um our hero um in Thor Ragnarok um is that the hero in Thor Ragnarok um had a dark saber that um uh, Rock Top got to play with. True. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Please tell me you, you at least thought of the dark saber when you saw that. Please tell me you did. Not really. Yes. Yes, I actually did. Okay. <laughs> Just suspense. Just trying to keep you in suspense. But no, I I didn't think about it much. I thought about it a little bit, you know, as I was kind of going back through it. Uh, not necessarily a full second watch through, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, kind of cool little sword there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, always fun. Yeah. So, with Jankum, um, again, like I was, I was starting to say, he's got a little bit of some apprehension in in sharing his story, and um, for good reason, I think. Um, so he's part of like some kind of like sleeper ship, like hibernation kind of ship, generational ship thing is is kind of like the gist that i was getting from it yeah something about uh, looks like uh the tellerites would send effectively orphans out in a, ex, in a space to explore i assume something like that but like yeah, kind of i mean like the, the ship design itself for like the tellerite ships was lifted from enterprise so like so far like this era of Trek, we've been getting a lot of love for Enterprise, which I'm oh, yeah. so happy about. So happy about. Um, but yeah, like we have we have Jankum on board with um, other Tellarites, um, and there's like some kind like there's like a, a rock or a particle or something that like strikes the hull of the ship, and it, it's causing a bunch of malfunctions that need to be attended to. So he's woken up for whatever reason um and this droid who can't seem to get a hint um always needs jankum to you know state his name and then like the request or the question or whatever so i think that's this quirk like the the explaining the quirk that we have with jankum you know we're, we're we're giving him a hard time about always you know speaking the way that he does yeah, but can I point out how lame that is? Like, yes, you can. He, <laughs> I suppose you could make the leap that perhaps he was making repairs for a much longer period of time, and it just somehow subconsciously stuck in his head. But for me, I don't think it was that long a time, and it seems weird that he just pa- picked up that speech pattern then... Because it's not like the bot went with him, stayed with the ship. Like that's their emergency robot, you know, their emergency droid. So 
it doesn't explain anything because why? Why would he need to keep saying his name over and over again? I think it, it was just a lame attempt in my opinion. <laughs> well, I think the more important question in this is with, without being like silly, like it's a, it's a serious question. Like if, if like oxygen reserves are that fragile, um, where there's not enough of a reserve for like some emergency to happen to be able to put someone back to sleep why aren't there one other mechs like other droids or robots or whatever to be able to water the plants in the arboretum or to turn a bolt in something or to plunge a toilet like simple maintenance who's using the toilet When you gotta fart go, you jokes. gotta go. Because fart jokes are always funny. <laughs> I thought about that a little bit too. So let's 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 talk Trek for a second here. Let's do it. Let's okay? Trek. Let's do this. <laughs> so you're telling me, you're telling me that this ship it because I have to go on deductive reasoning here that this ship is so stripped down that it doesn't have enough oxygen reserve or recyclers to make oxygen, which is something we know flipping happens. They're not pumping it in, in in canisters like this is Apollo 13, for the love of God. Or You're space tell- balls. Huh? Or space balls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> You're telling me. Mm-hmm. That there's not enough oxygen? Mm-hmm. All your plants would die. And you're flipping arboretum. So his exertion somehow depleted all the oxygen? What happens when everybody wakes up? That's a ghost ship. That makes no sense. No. It was not well thought out. No. <laughs> no. No. I will say though, it does make me like Jankum a little bit more though, because it was a noble sacrifice. It was. He 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 did what he had to do. He said he was a trainee, wasn't a full fledged you know engineer. He did what he could do. He fixed. He was able to fix everything. And then at the end, he understood, in the scope of this very strange, unrealistic, unscientific story that the only way for people to survive was for him to leave. And he did it without thanks, potentially without remembrance. He did it. But, but here's the thing, dude, here's, here's another like little, um, thing to consider that droid, that whatever it had issues. Like it couldn't hold on for like, more than one task like the dude's name so who's to say that the um, ability to analyze things wasn't also faulty you get what I'm saying yeah that's very true and this just also popped in my head I don't remember if I had this thought when I was watching it the first time there's now an empty pot that belonged to Jenkin Pot 
like they're going to ask. So like what happened to that dude? Do we have do we have space cameras? Security space camera feeds? <laughs> I mean it's it's a very flimsy story. I mean they, they couldn't even remember like Jankum's name, so how are we gonna be able to even say there was a dude in there? That's that's about it. There was there was a Tellerite in there. But that I mean that's a good that's a good point though. Like what yeah, what does happen? What well, does happen when everyone wakes up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'd all potentially be dead because unless they have like some destination they're shooting towards, which is oxygen risk, class M planet or something like that. But the moment they step out, they're going to start having nonstop problems. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, it's a very, I, I don't know. It, it's like, I understand what they were going for, but I also thought it just, it, you had how many writers? All of them. Yeah. Little, little, uh, rushed. I mean, the only, I think the only thing that I don't even know if I could say would make sense, but like, you know, with the, um, debris that hits the hull, like, did it damage it so much that no, because that would mean that everyone would die. Yeah. Like, period. Like, well, you, you have to be able to, like, have, like, your oxygen carbon dioxide exchange, right? Like, it has to happen. There has to be that, that process that happens. Well, and these, I mean, these are like cryo beds, right? Yeah. Well, it, if we want to get really crazy technical in it, I don't really remember exactly what cryotechnology meant specifically to Star Trek. Now, I know I've seen it. I mean, I just remembered the one episode from Enterprise where Tucker saves that princess and they wind up romping in the mud a little bit. Yeah, you can go look it up. It's cool. But anyway, in a lot of other fandoms and from a more realistic standpoint, it doesn't necessarily stop all function you can still age albeit slowly I don't know man I mean that does it stop you from breathing does it stop all function uh, bodily function I I, I don't know uh, more the, this cutaway more questions <laughs> yeah, more questions than it answers, but by God, we know why he says Jank and Pong so much. I guess, like, like the thing that, hmm, do I want to go there? Okay, why not? Go. So, so Jankum decides, okay, fine, so others can live, I'll peace out of here, and then is quickly met by the Kazon, you know, like the, 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 the common thread through all this Kazon, find someone, pick them up, take them to Tars Lamora. Fine. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, dude, like the Kazon, even if they are 
like street gang kind of folks. Like they are spacefaring, which means they have the ability to scan things. So if they're into um, like slave trade type stuff, why not scan the ship, see that everyone's asleep, rip up their beds, take them on their ship and send them off to there or strike a deal with the Orions or whatever. Like why not take advantage of an entire ship that is defenseless and take them somewhere else and have well, a heck of a wake up party. Well, because what you're failing to understand, Chase, is of that course. they only had room for one on their ship because they too were running out of oxygen. <laughs> I want to be mad right now, but that's just hilarious. <laughs> it, yeah, it, again, th there's logic and then there's not. Uh, this is not what I would call a specifically logical episode. No. No. Okay, we can move on, I guess. We can move Sweet. on. Sweet. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that, that's basically it for like all of our, our, our origin stories. One quick thing. They yeah. did tie in Gwen to uh, Zero Story. Because they show her like touching the box when it's brought to Tarselmora. So just a brief thing. Yeah. Well, and then we get like a little bit more of Gwen too when we head over to um, the party on the Dauntless. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Dauntless. Right. Yeah, let's talk about it, huh? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah Dauntless. Ractagino's all around. Let's go, somebody. So yeah, like we were talking about in the beginning, um, uh, Janeway's like starting to put some pieces together. And um, along the way though, we have um, Asensia, um, otherwise known as, uh, what was it, the Vindictor? Was that, was that the character's name? I want to call it, I, I, what was that or was it the Vindicator or, I, I don't remember. Anyway, so. She's just vindictive. Not, we, another Valnicott, right? Um, who was also there when um, Chakotay and company showed up on Solom in the future. In the future, <laughs> yes. So we found out in this episode, um, more specifically, that it was this unstable wormhole that led Chakotay and company to this far-flung, distant future where shenanigans ensued and caused a civil war on Solom, divided the planet and things just went to pot real quick. So apart from this sounding like part caretaker and part other stuff, um, that was something. Um, it was something. So we decide that um, in order to prevent this, we need to, to destroy the ship and uh, or, or send the ship back to, um, you know, destroy themselves so that first contact can never happen, which is just a paradox opportunity waiting to happen, by the way. Mm -hmm. True. Um, it's, it's just a paradox waiting to happen. Okay, cool, whatever. Uh, Chakotay gets this bright idea like, oh, we'll just pilot the thing on its own 
yeah. back to the wormhole and we'll stay here. So we, we have an idea now where Chakotay is. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Um, and we're going to send our Imperial fleet with, uh, and, 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 you know, our, the, the Confederation and everything. We're going to send them back with some General Grievouses and some TIE fighter pilots. And everybody has their own personal dreadnought. Which I thought was was interesting. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like the Val Nakat. <laughs> if I'm just being frank about it. You can be Frank. You can be David. I mean, this is it's it. You're you do you. <laughs> like, I just have questions about Dreadnought and our other little spider things, like spider robot things that we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like. Where did they come from? Like, are they like the children of Dreadnought? Like, were they built by the Diviner and Dreadnought? Were they part of the Valnacot? And they were, or maybe they're like, we got like a shrink ray and like, they're actually like the freaking ships that are flying out on. Like, I mean, there, there's a lot of questions. I, I mean, I assume it was because he said he had spent 20 years yeah. looking. And this new character, three, she's only been in three years, um, just because of the differential and when they were spit out of the time loopy. It sounds very much like Star Trek 2009. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it, it, it actually it, it that's exactly what it is. Anyway, yep. I there are a couple of questions I have. So, I am presuming a lot here, but contact was made with, uh, what's the planet uh, called again? Solon. Okay. Now, I'm assuming that they, excuse me, did this because they were a potential spacefaring people. I assume they have warp capability. Why didn't the Federation attempt to mediate this dispute? Why did they leave? And again, we're only hearing it from two Valnacott. Did they not attempt to help at all? Did they really just leave what seems to be a very advanced people to their own devices? Or were they told to stay away? And they respected that. Do you remember that year by chance or the star date? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Because that was a six digit star, star date. And I really don't want to speak out of my butt, but I probably will end up doing that. Um, one point of 
of heartache for um, for some um, Trekkies um, that I've heard from is the fact of what happened in Discovery, um, particularly with the burn, that we know that Starfleet, the Federation, is forever changed because of the burn, that we have a hopeful future up to a point, and then everything seemingly goes away. It's just like destroyed in a moment. So, I mean, we're talking, what, 900 years in the future? 800 years in this case. Um, but what's so, that? But like, this is like a six digit star date, which I can't, I wish I could remember what that star date was and like how far out that put it. But like, how are we even to know that Starfleet of that time was still around? Fair. Yeah, fair point. And the only Starfleet they knew was the Starfleet of 2385 or 6 or whatever. Yeah. You know, point. Yep. because of that, that unstable wormhole that created like the, and then like all the temporal stuff that we're talking about, like with the 20 years versus the three years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. I mean, that that's a fair point. I have no idea. I need to, I need to look back on that or if someone remembers or has that clip when we identified that, like I'd, I'd love to be reminded of it because I feel like that's going to be important. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they seem to have had a lots of problems. Yes. So so yeah like i just felt like we're like getting the fleet together and we're gonna go you know to take care of some rebel scum you know type of thing rebel scum rebel scum um and i think this is like this is the point where janeway is like really starting to put things together with like keeping she keeps hearing like of this um diviner type of thing uh, like and, and ultimately it was like the diviner I believe that um, issued like the bounty uh, for the protostar folks and um, she calls for research to take place on anyone and anything related to the diviner and um, you know wanting to ask ask this guy about like this girl named Gwen or Gwendala and um, at that point then we get like a quick little like Austin Powers kind of clip going on, and that's it. So to recap, in uh, this uh, 23, 24-minute episode, we got to experience um, some Disney, some more Disney, a little bit more Disney, and uh, not Disney. So yeah, we got Wreck-It Ralph, Mando, Star Wars, MCU and Austin Powers in a 24 minute episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a pretty fair, pretty fair assessment. Crazy original. 
and it, it was the entire writing staff, basically, mm-hmm. including our, our, our showrunners. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've probably been a little bit too harsh on this, but no. Okay, I have not been too harsh on this. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh Lord, David, shall we move into the evaluation of this? Let's let's roll. Let's roll. Autobots roll out. I mean, uh, I don't even know if I want to do the Delta evaluation on this episode. I'm not giving any deltas. So I, the only thing would be operations for Jankum, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you, you could you could make some case for the operational aspect of it. Uh, But I don't want to today. (laughs) Cool. Well, with that, let's move on to our numerical rating. (laughs) So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being an absolute dumpster fire and 10 being absolutely amazing, David, where do you stand with this episode numerically? I remember saying last week because we we did rate it fairly low. Yeah. And I was like, well, they'll have a bounce back because the last time we rated uh, something low was let Sleeping Borg lie. And then the following week, we were all pretty high on it. So I went from a 6.9 to an 8.8. You went from a 6.8 to an 8, Eric, 6.5 to an 8.75. Yeah. So I was like, We'll have a bounce back. But first and foremost, clip show episodes are lazy. In my opinion, I'm not a writer. I'm not an actor. I'm not a part of Hollywood. And quite frankly, I don't care. (laughs) But I find them to be a little lazy. Uh, We have pushed a pretty good tempo with this show through the first half and then kind of starting up we hit a wall now I'm not saying that you can't have a captain's holiday because you can and it can be fun but this wasn't necessarily what I would call fun it felt unnecessary and it felt dumbed down And it felt completely unlike everything that we have built, what we, they, the writers, have built up to this point. Mm. It was a little unsettling for me because this was a show that genuinely I came in with no expectation and was blown away. Uh, So... I don't care about the backstories because I know these characters already. They did a great job of writing characters that I cared about and gave me enough information that that's all I needed. And it really is. It's all I needed. Uh, so to hear the, the kind of uh, backstory sort of stuff, it was unnecessary to me. Uh, I'm sure that there are people that will really enjoy it but I'm 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 not I'm not in there uh you know Jankum's story lacked a lot of logic Rock Talk's story was fine it wasn't amazing Zero's story 
Again, it was fine, but probably the quickest of them. But it doesn't make me feel any more connected to the characters because I was already there. Uh, this just, it just seemed like a bit of a waste of time. So I don't want to overly flame it, but I am getting a little leery about, well, we talked about the diviner. His memories are basically back after what we had told wasn't possible when you see a Medusa. I would really like them going back to scientific because as I've said, and I remember I've said this, you don't have to dumb down shows just because they're made for kids. Right. Kids can be brought into much more clever, smarter, big brain, scientific, mathematic uh, thoughts, especially when they're younger because they're still developing. I want to make a generation of people who want to reach for the stars not be on TikTok. How do you do that? Education, mm -hmm. which I will not rant about, even though I always want to. <laughs> so when you talk about television, television, you know, like your grandparents, the programs, and the English still call it programming. That's what it is. It's a program. And when you use it correctly, and you use it effectively, you can put a lot of lessons out there that you otherwise wouldn't do. I don't need touchy-feely. We have touchy-feely. We already care about the characters. We don't need touchy-feely. But you could make a lot of logical, scientific, operational, uh, deltas. You could actually accentuate deltas. This show, with their backstories, did not do that. Completely unneeded. So, as far as a rating, uh, Masquerade was not great. I think that that might have been my... It is. It was my lowest score. Just slightly below Let Sleeping Borgs Lie. Because I care nothing about this episode, I never need to watch it again. I am dive bombing on this, and I'm going to put it at a 5.8. Phew. All right. Well, I don't feel as bad about my rating anymore. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. Here to help. Thanks. Appreciate you. Um, all right. This episode. Um, I have I have issues with as we've as we've discussed, um, you know, with so many people writing this episode. Um, I think there's like too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing, um, where we have like a bunch of good ideas, but not enough room for great ideas, uh, with, with this particular episode. Um, one thing I was thinking of, um, cause I, I sent y'all a, um, a text, a, a kind of a, 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 an annoyed text, um, earlier today, um, 
and what was it? Um, hey, let's record the episode for David's podcast. This is Star Wars Prodigy. Um, and I was going to like send like another text or two after that. But I'm like, no, I'll, I'll leave my my cranky old man stuff for later. But this, like I was thinking, you know, like this episode like should have been like maybe episode like in the first like four or five episodes type of thing um in a way like if we ever did like a rewatch like i realize there's like certain things like you can't really ignore but i'm wondering like if the opinion of the show and just the, the overall narrative would be maybe make a little bit more sense and have like a little bit more of a punch if we flipped it. Like if we had season one B as like the first part and one A as the, the second part, I think narratively it would make more sense, but that's not what we're dealing with narratively. Um, there was just too much of other stuff. Like I know that you, you bring that up a lot, David. Um, I know I, I was like talking about like the, the episode with, without any context and, and the, um, images that I showed, but there's really, there really is like too much, I, in my opinion of, um, let's look to this other stuff instead of like, you know, how can we advance the show? Right. Like you can still, I think you can still do like backstory stuff without it being what it was. Um, and I think even if we were to like give more time for the character characters to shine, like, okay, like we don't have to like let it all out. Like in season one for crying out loud, like, okay, let's talk about Jankum. All right, cool. Like, you know, maybe like in five, six, seven episodes, we'll talk about zero. But like it just felt like an exposition dump for this episode. Like, we have to get this. We have to get this out. We we have to, without a rationale for the why we have to get this out. Um. I was annoyed. I was just straight up annoyed with this episode, and I do really enjoy Star Wars, but this was just too much more of like the Star Wars. This was too much of like other properties. And I didn't feel like it was really being true to Trek. Like there's still Trek stuff there, but yeah, where is like the exploration, the pride in one's work, like the, this and the, that, that we were like so accustomed to experiencing in the front half of season one, where is that? What happened? Like, are we just so focused on drama and pew pews that we've, we've, distanced ourselves from what made this show great in the first se- the first part of the season that's an issue for me that is a huge issue for me and the thing that i don't know if this is correlational or not david but i'm going to go there for a second like my daughter was more interested in watching the first um, part of prodigy and she's had zero interest in watching this season uh, or this, you know, part of the season of a prodigy. And I'm wondering if there's something to that. So I've been rambling. Um, the number that I came in with is the same number that I'm going to leave with. 
and um, this too is going to be my lowest rating of the season and I'm just giving it a straight up six okay so as it stands right now our overall rating for the for the episode is a 5.9 5.9 currently yeah it's kind of funny we're, we're right now we're both at the same score for overall season is 7.32 effectively mm-hmm. i mean i had the first part of the season at 8.8 you had it at a nine that's a significant fall and i i wanted to point something else out because normally this is eric's job but i i looked at it um ratings from imdb first thing man I, I got to digging a little bit here just because I, I felt that it was strange, but now I'm starting to think about it a little bit more in perhaps a different way. So right now, Preludes has an 8.8 on IMDb, but that's out of 24 votes. Now, last week, we'd also had a high score, but a low number of votes. Masqueraded is, a, is it an 8.4 with only 100 votes. Prior week, uh, Crossroads 138 with a rating of 8.5. And even going back to the first, uh, what would have been the first episode? What was our excuse? Asylum. Asylum. It's holding at an 8 with 170 votes. So I started poking around a little bit to see if maybe, because let's be frank about it, there has been a lot of review washing across platforms for certain series and lower decks was extremely low discovery still is very high i'm starting to wonder a bit are people is are people watching prodigy right now Mm. i mean seriously are it is is there a, a huge drop off of people that are just not watching this show because there, there are not rate. There are not very many rate. Even uh, Lost and Found Part One, first episode, which right now has a seven point four, only has six hundred and two votes. Interesting. That's weird. So I'm wondering if there's some washing, or maybe people aren't watching it as much. Huh. Huh. But an 8.8 on, on Preludes is, is absolutely nuts. And there are no current written reviews right now. It's all just votes. So nobody has actually written a review yet either, which is also a little suspicious. Hmm. I, just, I, I popped over to uh, Rotten Tomatoes just now. And I'm looking for a score, <clears throat> an individual episode score. There are no user reviews on last week's episode either. There is one rating on today's episode of Prodigy. <sighs> Only one critic rating. No user reviews for the no no users on Rotten Tomatoes or nothing. There is only one one rating on Preludes on Rotten Tomatoes. 
crossroads no user written reviews like i'm just going back through and seeing if they're oh finally there's user reviews for uh All the world's a stage. See how many are actually here. Sorry, this is, I don't know if this is that. One. One review. And it was a 10 star review. That's, or 10 star. Yeah, 10 stars. Because uh, they do out of 10. I, I that's weird. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sincerely wondering what the viewership is. But didn't you tell me, though, that this hasn't actually went to Nickelodeon? No, no, like, well, season, the first part of the season has, yeah. Okay. Um, but I think the way that they're doing it is, like, it's going exclusive, like, it gets, like, first run or whatever with, with Paramount Plus. Got it. And then after that, then it releases on Nickelodeon. I see. I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about the show. I, I, I genuinely am, and I'm kind of wondering if if there was low... Uh, Low, either uh, low number of people actually giving ratings and, and seemingly watching this if they were trying to change the formula later on or I mean my god are, are we slated for a second season I I think so okay well they, I, they better get it figured out that's all <clears throat> I gotta say I remember, I remember uh, Kate Mulgrew at one point spoiling um like the fact that they were already recording on on um season two so i'm i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure we have that um coming at some point so but yeah i'm, I'm with you dude like it's it's really it's it's just it's just sad that um we had such a strong first half like a, a strong first 10 episodes um, like some, you know, maybe not as strong as others, but like overall, it was a strong fir- first half of the season. Yes. And dude, like, I mean, average ratings overall, like we're in like the mid sevens across the board. Yeah. To be completely fair though, all the world's a stage was rated pretty high. It was, but that's really it. I mean, Asylum was was just at basically AIDS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is concerning. I'll be curious what uh, Eric rates that one. Eight. I like a good prelude. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll he'll like go even lower. Maybe he'll maybe we'll eventually get a three. I'm wondering if anyone's ever going to give like a, a two or a three. That would hurt. That would hurt because of how good the first part was I'm not just saying like with Prodigy I'm just saying in general like oh. a two or three you know you haven't ever. given any threes I'm sure I have hold on hold on there's there's a chance Magatu Gamato was an average of 3.87 so I the wow I gave that one a 3.6 <laughs> There we go. So there was a three. three. (laughs) Go lower. Go lower. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, we got got that done. So um, shall we talk about the most important part of the show, my my dude? Uh, Yes. (laughs) 
sounds so excited. All right, let's go to the Twitter poll. All right, so I asked this very important question on point with uh, this episode. Um, which character story from Star Trek Prodigy is the most relatable? Okay, which character backstory from Prodigy is the most relatable? Uh, was it um, Dal's, uh, Jankum's, Zero, or uh, Rock Talk? Hmm. I mean, I I, I think Dal's is probably one of the more relatable just in general because there are a lot of people that search for who they are yeah um jankum maybe as well just because while we nitpicked the hell out of it it was the story of sacrifice so that's fairly uh, understandable uh, zero curiosity killing the cat mm -hmm. <laughs> or staring the cat uh, rock talk though I mean I guess just not feeling wanted or attacked I guess you could find something related to all of them I'd probably say Dal though just because that's seemingly a bit more poignant nowadays or so it seems to me okay alright well um, let's, let's go to the results so coming in in last place with 12.5% of the vote we had Rock Talk. Okay. Um, and then we had um, a tie uh, for our, I guess, second and third place. So, uh, or whatever. Um, so, with a tie at a 25%, we had zero and Dow which means with 37.5% of the vote, the winner of this week's poll for most relatable backstory is Jenkin Pop. Wow. I have to assume Dow didn't get more votes because they didn't actually tell a story, or he didn't tell a story. That's, that's possible. Yeah. His story was last week. <laughs> yeah. Can we remember that far, back that far? <laughs> it's really tough. It's really, really, really tough. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh man well that's it that's the show so um anyway david thank you so much for joining and um eric if you're listening hope you um have are feeling better already because i know you weren't feeling too hot bud so mashed potatoes and whiskey there we go just please cl please clean the shuttle please i mean we like you but just you know it. Me or him, one of us is in there periodically, so gotta keep that thing clean. It's well used. <laughs> That's your quarters, apparently. Bunk beds in the shuttle. All right. All right. Well, again, David, thank you so much. And um, to our dear listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in as well. What'd you think? Um, do you agree with our rating? Maybe not so much. Uh, was there a particular story um, or part of this episode that like really resonated with you? We'd love to hear about that. Uh, you, connect, you can connect with us um, at trtvpod.com or you can also, um, you know, send us a note, uh, Gmail, um, you know, doing that sort of thing. Open up hailing frequencies and entering coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. And also send us a voice only transmission, 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three minute limit and, um, well, you know the rest. 
Um, other than that, if you want to, you know, mail us something, um, like something to do a better job with, you know, percussive um, engineering or just other oxygen containers so we don't suffocate, that'd be great. Make sure you get to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.